All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, anxiety treatment, phobias, uh, stuff that makes us nervous and scared, um, and more importantly, how to punch it in its stupid face and overcome it. Um, it's not the traditional tagline, but it's the one that I'm going with today. So, uh, welcome everybody to the show. My name is Kevin Foss. I am a licensed clinician here in California. So, uh, anyways, welcome to the podcast. I am a specialist uh, when it comes to OCD and anxiety, and uh, it's my, my favorite thing to work with. And um, I think it is your favorite subject as well, which is why you are listening to this lovely show. So, for those of you new to the podcast, um, you can go over to the website, fearcastpodcast.com, and if you have a question about OCD and anxiety disorders, how to work with it, how to how to uh, overcome it, how to treat it, if you have a question about even getting started in treatment, shoot me an email there, and uh, I will read it, consider it, write an answer for it, write a very long outline for it, and then record something that is sometimes cohesive and sometimes sounds okay. So you can email me a question there, and I'll put it up on a future episode. You can also go check me out over at Instagram. Uh, I am Fearcast Podcast over there, and uh, I have little doodads and little little pictorials and little uh, little little memes and such that you can check out there, uh, and you can like, and then you can tell me that uh, they're offensive, and that's okay too. I'm open to that. Um, as a reminder, everybody, if you like the show, subscribe, like it, put a little thumbs up next to it. More importantly, tell your friends, tell your colleagues, tell your group, tell your therapist, because uh, word of mouth is the best kind of advertising that any podcast or person really can have. So that would greatly help out the show, help other people to find it, and help this little thing uh, grow and blossom into just something so purdy. Um, so today, everybody, I'm going to be answering two, count them, two questions. They're somewhat related. They're somewhat not the same, but uh, they are two questions from listeners. So um, I got a bunch of questions in the past couple of weeks, so I'm going to try to put two in this one, um, and I'll go through them just a little bit quicker than normal. But before I get to that, is anybody out there worried about the coronavirus? I mean, I'm sure this is going to be news to everybody because, you know, they haven't been talking about it a whole lot. The social media isn't talking about it. Um, it's definitely not on the news. Um, but there's this little disease out there that uh, it's a little virus rather that, um, that that the entire world is freaking out about. Now, I get it. I get it. Health is something that's important to everybody. And you can remember that if you're worried about the coronavirus and catching this illness, um, you're like everybody else on Earth. Um, the average person, someone who does not have hypochondria, someone who does not have health anxiety, does not have OCD, uh, they are also worried about their health and their safety and that of their family and loved ones. So this is something that everyone is getting caught up in. Now, does that mean that we should get caught up with our anxiety and listen to our emotions? That answer is, of course, no. You know my policy on feelings. Feelings are stupid. We give them way too much attention, and we need to pay less attention to our feelings and more to our rationale and perhaps the CDC and perhaps the World Health Organization on how to approach this. So um, I'm going to post a link that a, uh, a couple colleagues of mine put up, or uh, something uh, something that they wrote about how to deal with this and, and what are some things to do in response to it. So, you know, some people are going to have questions. They're going to say, hey, I have contamination obsessions. How do I even approach 
the world of coronavirus while trying to resist doing compulsions. It's going to outline a whole bunch of things in that, but my my thoughts on this first, obviously first, is to take it slow and to take it in progressive steps. So, I'll be honest. This whole coronavirus thing has caught my attention, particularly because they keep saying, hey, everybody, you know, it's kind of going to be fine unless you have uh, an immune, uh, an immunity problem or you have a pre-existing respiratory problem. I'm one of those people with the respiratory problems. Pretty much everything from my sinuses to the bottom of my lungs suck. They just don't work right for a, for a lot of reasons, and we can talk about those at another time. But they don't work good. I've had two sinus surgeries. I have had lung surgery where they just kind of pulled out a good portion of it. They said, you're not going to need this. You'll be fine with a giant scar. You'll be fine, um, which was super cool to have when you're going through junior high. Anyways, so this has caught my attention, and I'll be honest, there's part of me that gets caught up with the fear, that hears the news, that sees people freaking out. I went into Costco this past weekend and saw people losing their mind and stocking up on things that probably aren't going to really help in the case of an outbreak, but people let their emotions get the best of them. And out of, out of self-preservation, they are going to do things that they perceive are going to bring them safety and security. That is what compulsions are, right? So the question really is, what, what can we really do? Well, again, my approach, I'm taking this in a DEFCON perspective. So um, DEFCON is a, um, I don't even know what it stands for, I'll be honest, um, but it's the level of, of risk and danger that the country is in. DEFCON 5, for whatever reason, is everything's fine. DEFCON 1 is um, global thermonuclear war or something to that effect. So there are going to be different levels of responses at each of those stages. At DEFCON 5, everything is fine, business as usual. Now, if there is a reason for us to move up in intensity and in changing some of the behaviors that we do, we do that, but we don't go to immediately to one, we go to four. And then when the need increases, we go to three. Now, what does that look like for us when we're trying to consider how to take care of ourselves, how to be healthy? Well, first off, I, I believe the CDC, the World Health Organization, is still making the advice or still giving guidance to simply put, wash your hands. Now, the, the prevailing guidance for OCD hand washing is going to be washing your hands is appropriate before you eat, after you use the bathroom, and if there's any noticeable like schmutz and dirt, and I'm going to say noticeable, not like it feels like there's stuff or there could be stuff, but you see like a whole bunch of stuff on your hands. That's stuff. So, and I, I, I believe it is washing your hands for uh, in water. So water, get them wet, soap it up. Uh, 20 seconds with friction and then wipe them off or uh, rinse them off and then wipe them off. Now, that would be the appropriate amount. And it's to say not to go then up to your elbows, not to wash the rest of yourself, but just to do your hands in that fashion. Now, some are going to be tempted to do more. And the difference between doing what the recommendation is at this point and what your gut and anxiety wants you to do, that's going to be the level that you're going to have to tolerate and accept. And by the way, I'm doing the same thing. I'm following the same guidance. So 
The other thing about that is, is that we're, we should be cautious then, and we can be cautious about who we're around. It doesn't mean that we stay in, stay at home, and don't go out anywhere, and you know, just cover ourselves in, in you know, Lysol and stuff like that, and and, and 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 smear Purell all over our body. Defcon five to Defcon four, we are not going to just lick the faces of every person that we see, but we're also not going to treat the world as if it's now the zombie apocalypse. And this advice, by the way, the DEF CON levels for you are going to vary on which country you're in, which region you're in. I'm in Southern California. They have found some cases here. So DEF CON 4, it doesn't mean that I'm going to change my life considerably, but I'm going to take appropriate action. So these are more considerations for you to take. But you know what? If you're worried about it, a lot of people are. Give yourself a little bit of grace and patience within all of that. And... Slow and steady wins the race in this. If you want to, if you are concerned about the contamination, talk with your therapist about what's an appropriate response with this. And I'm willing to bet he or she will help you to find an appropriate level of care and precaution for you and with your worries. For more information on that, check out fearcastpodcast.com. I'll put a link to that article on the episode page, and this is episode 40. Uh, if you're catching it within the week that I put it out, it should be the very first one, um, but uh, episode 40. All right, off to the questions. Alright, so this first question comes from Dave. He says, I experience ROCD and HOCD. Coming up with exposures for my HOCD was straightforward, and it worked very well. Unlike with ROCD, HOCD did not have to involve anyone else's feelings, and therefore did not have any aspect of what I like to call emotional harm OCD. ROCD for me personally, however, has a strong element of harm OCD, and I describe it like this. He puts this in quotes. The fear of being guilty of causing emotional harm due to obsessions about their lack of physical attractive qualities and ultimately the fear of breaking their heart. End quote. The main compulsion that developed for me in this scenario, which gives me instant relief from panic level anxiety, was to end the relationship. This compulsion has persisted throughout all of my relationships for the past 15 years. I am currently single. My question is this. Without feeling guilt and shame, how do I continually create exposures for myself while keeping to the moral belief that I shouldn't date anyone knowing that the relationship will be an exposure experiment? Thanks for your time and your podcast. So Dave, thank you so much for the question. Um, I've heard this a number of times. A lot of folks will have ROCD, or they'll, they'll have just a, a other subtypes of OCD, and they'll be incredibly concerned about, about dating and what does it mean for the other person. Particularly when it comes to ROCD, there is a fear that they, they can't go out on these dates. Social anxiety has this too, but they can't go out on these dates because they may not be fully into the person. They may not really be ready for a relationship, um, and, and in terms of Exposures that, that they fear that they're using the other person uh, as an exposure. And um, there is a kind of a, a, a moral sense to that, that they're doing something wrong and that you ought not to do that. So while your question or while you're, you're, the, the way you describe the anxiety is kind of being uh, causing emotional harm to the other person and kind of the obsession being targeted towards their physical attractive qualities that um, I 
or their lack of physical attractive qualities to you. Um, There's there's a bunch of stuff involved with that. But the the question that you asked was, uh, without feeling, uh, you prefaced it, without feeling shame and guilt, how do I create exposures for myself? Well, Dave, you can't. Fear and shame and guilt are going to be part of the dating process for you in this. Now, Shame and guilt. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't listened to the episode, I have a whole episode just on shame and guilt in regards to OCD. And I'd encourage you to take a listen to it if you haven't done it already. But the shame is that bad feeling that we have when we are something bad, and guilt is that bad feeling when we have done something bad. So, I mean, you can certainly experience both. It sounds like you're worried that if you go out on this date, you're going to be doing something wrong. It feels like you're going to be leading this person on, or you're going to be intentionally setting them up to break their heart or something to that effect. And also the, this sense of shame that, that you know, you, you are, and I'm reading into this, perhaps this broken person, and that, you know, because you have this, this baggage of this ROCD, it's that you're just a, you know, a, a terrible person and, and it's, it's, it's this awful sensation for you. So from the top, I'm going to suggest this, go out on dates, go out on dates. Dave, you have to go out on dates. It's the only way that you're going to get over and through these feelings and this anxiety. And it's the only way that you're going to be able to realize that you can go out on dates and have these thoughts and doubts and be on the date. I know that sounds very circular because it is. It's going to be this combination of saying, of accepting rather that these feelings are there and also that they're indicative of OCD. There are a ton of people who have these, these same fears, but for you is to accept them and allow them along for the ride. That sense, that feeling of guilt, the feeling of shame, the feeling that, 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 that you are violating some moral norm or some moral rule out there. That's going to be part of the ride. And I encourage you to first take some time to really focus on what those sensations are. Because the question about the morality is, is we can challenge that all day long. Where is this rule coming from? Where did you learn this rule? Who first taught you about it? Where did you come up with it? What happens if you violate this rule? Who's going to hold you um, accountable for violating this rule? Is anybody really going to know that you violated the rule? Probably not to that last one. Probably not unless you tell somebody. But it's to say that those feelings and that thought is going to be there. But that's okay. The more that you go out on dates, the more that you are interacting with other people, the more you're going to start to see that these feelings can be there and that you can survive them and carry on a decent time with this other person and have fun with them and get to know them a little bit. Now, to that point, by the way, something to remember is all relationships are going to end all of them, one way or another, either through breakup or through death. It's going to happen. Or divorce. I suppose if you get married and get divorced. And Anyways, it's that all relationships are going to end at some point. But you are so certain the relationship is going to end by you hurting them. And by the way, uh, this is called crystal ball reading. This is uh, a cognitive distortion. This is the assumption that you, Dave, know the future. You are going to hurt their feelings. And because of your, your um, uh, uh, moral shortcomings and this just like evil nature that you have, you're going to go out on a date and your ROCD is going to hyper focus on their 
lack of attractive qualities and you're going to date these gargoyles and you're just going to, they're going to, by the way, that they're going to fall in love with you so much that they're going to think that you are just the world and then you are going to crush their little hearts. You just know it. Well, that thought and that feeling is going to have to be accepted along the way because you've tried to talk yourself out of it. I'm going to guarantee you have. You can remember though that you don't know what the future is going to hold. You don't know whether or not they are going to break up with you and cause you emotional pain. You never know, man. You could go out on a date and actually find that you kind of like this person and they're they're attractive and that you actually find them, uh, find that they have a whole bunch of physical characteristics that you like. And they go, man, Dave's a gargoyle. I don't want to date him anymore. It crushes your little heart. Possible, right? So we don't know the future. But here would be some exposure ideas that I'd recommend to you. As I mentioned at the tippity top of this, you got to go on dates with people that you may be interested in. And you got to give them the best and most honest try on the date that you can. Because again, you never know, it might work out. To start off, you're going to have to challenge that moral belief that you shouldn't date anybody, um, knowing that every relationship you ever have is going to be an exposure for you. If you have ROCD, it's all an exposure. You can't avoid all relationships. Well, you can't avoid all relationships. But is that really a life that you want? I'm going to say no, because if 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 that was something you were fine with, you wouldn't be emailing me. You can think about it like this. It's like saying that someone with HOCD can never talk to someone of the same sex because they may be guilty of using that person as an exposure. It doesn't make any sense. You're going to have to go out on these dates. Furthermore, there's a double standard here. This moral would not apply to someone with HOCD, so it can't apply here. So there are going to be a couple different mindsets and approaches to have with this. One is the acceptance piece, is to know that you have these thoughts and you have these worries, and to take that along with you, and to know that when you go out on that date, those thoughts are going to be along for the ride. They're going to be in your head, they're going to be obnoxious, and they're going to be painful, and they're going to be distracting. But you knew that already. You knew they were going to be there. But... You're going to go out on this date, and you're going to make space for all of it, because those thoughts don't guide the ship. They don't tell you what to do. You can do the complete opposite of them, and they're never going to make you do anything that you ultimately don't want to do. Now, the back thought of this is also going to be, you're going to go out on this date like the average person, like any person without ROCD, without HOCD, without any other type of OCD, or without any anxiety for that matter. Eh, there's no one who doesn't have anxiety, but you get the idea. And you're going to go out on this date and you're going to take that feeling that, you're, that you are going to be guilty of breaking their heart one day, and that you may be using them for your own selfish means, and you may be guilty of pointing out all their flaws while eventually being stuck in a loveless relationship with this just ugly gargoyle faced and you know schlumping blumping body of a person that is in front of you maybe right but that's 10 years down the line you know what's happening right now that person who's there who's trying to interact with you who thinks they're just going out on a date whereas they're going out on a uh, a, 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 a an exposure date but it, it doesn't matter right because all relationships are going to end there are a lot of people going out on first dates that are also the last dates Another thing to do with this, and this may be something you do well in advance if you haven't done these already, is to do exposure scripts. Scripting about being in a relationship with someone who has these unwanted physical features. In short, being out on a date with this ugly person, and that you're then stuck with them in an unsatisfying, unloving, and empty relationship for the rest of your life, while you constantly see other people around you who are happy with these attractive people, except for you. 
And then to reread that story and to play that story out to the point where you're completely bored with it. Now, remember, the goal of this is not to convince yourself that you're going to be in a fantastic relationship with someone that you're going to find exceedingly attractive for the rest of your life, because that's not going to happen. And furthermore, um, I hate to tell you that uh, I used to say this forever, and I I still believe it because I think it applies to myself. Looks fade, but dumb is forever. Our looks are going to fade eventually over time no one gets older and just increasingly gets more and more attractive as we all get a little bit more wrinkly and gray and pockmarked and scarred up and funky looking and and our ears get bigger and our nose gets bigger and we get hair growing in weird places we didn't want it to grow in weird things happen to our bodies and and that's okay and it's gonna happen to you dave it's gonna happen to all of us but but that's okay and it's about tolerating that thought that's there. Remember, life is going to give you exposures. The goal isn't to have all these exposures that are going to be great. It's going to be the response prevention. That is the biggest thing within ERP. It's the response prevention. It's it's not not being afraid. It's having the fear and doing it anyways without compulsive behaviors, without trying to convince yourself that this person is the hottest person on earth, without trying to convince yourself that you shouldn't have these thoughts. Because guess what? You got them. Most people do. I'll say a lot of people do. I can't read everybody's mind, but pretty much everybody has these thoughts from time to time. And that's okay. So when you're out on these dates with these people, you can say, yep, that thought's there. Yep. I might focus. I might eventually focus on their looks. But for right now, I'm going to focus on who they are who they are today. And I'm going to refocus instead of this thought that tells me 10 years from now, it's all going to go to hell. Instead, I'm going to focus on right now. And can I hold up my end of the conversation? Can I be charming? Can I be fun? Can I um, share a little myself with this person? And can I learn a little bit about who they are? And can I leave this person a little bit better than when I found them? That will be your goal on the date. Because that's the goal of any date. That's the goal of any relationship, right? We'll leave the future to the future. Now, the last exposure I would give you, uh, just off the top of my head, was challenge yourself with all the ways that you can break up with somebody. You're constantly worried about how you're going to break up with this person. I want you to come up with all the horrible, awful, god-awful ways that you could break up with somebody. And I, I want you to write them all down. I want you to reread them. And I want you to, in your house or your apartment, I want you to act them out. How would you say it? What would you do? Would you text them on their birthday? Would you text them on Christmas or a high holiday? What would you do? Would you just send them a Facebook message? You'd be like, eh, I'm done here, you fugly monster. Like, what would you say? And I want you to have fun with it. Play this out. The worst possible ways that you would break up with this person. And then reread and think about those and let those thoughts be there. And let that feeling of guilt be there. That you might have to say one of those things. You might do one of those things at some point in the future. Sit with it. Hold on to it tolerate that feeling. That's going to be the goal. So Dave, I hope this answered your question and thank you so much for it. All right. So this next question comes from Jamie. Jamie asks, I've been suffering from HOCD for about a year on and off now. It started when I saw a link on Twitter for lesbian porn. I am 23 and have never watched porn, so I was intrigued. After this, I had a thought. What if I'm gay because I watched that? After a week or so, I got over the thought and carried on with life. Never had them again. Then, summer last year, my nan passed away, and I started getting thoughts about me dying. 
thought I wouldn't wake up if I went to sleep, and always thought I was ill. Again, I got over these. But now the thoughts have gone back to the gay ones. I've had them now for about six months, and since listening to your podcast, I've learned to think differently, and I've managed to deal with them and understand that they are just thoughts, and I am content with my boyfriend, who is so supportive of this. However, I feel now I have developed a fear of people of the same sex, in my case, women. So whenever I see them, I get the thoughts, which, as you can imagine, is hard to avoid on a day-to-day basis when they are everywhere. I'm a very insecure person and am not happy with my weight and have been hurt a lot by girlfriends in the past. Is it normal to have developed a fear of people of the same sex because of these thoughts? I can't even watch TV or scroll through Instagram without seeing girls, and my brain reminds me of these thoughts. I've always been a confident girl, but I am insecure and anxious more than ever now. My brain can't understand why I'm scared of girls so bad when I know nothing is going to happen. Sorry for the long question. Thank you. Love your podcast. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for the question. Uh, It was not the longest question I've ever read. Um, I hope, hope other listeners aren't bored. I doubt they are. So, Jamie, just off the bat, one of the first things that was coming to my mind was this this statement about how uh, other other women have not been very kind to you in the past. Now, I, I you said you you've been hurt a lot by girlfriends in the past. So, I mean, if you were in my office, I'd I'd want to ask more questions about that. What does what does that mean? What has that looked like in your life? How have you dealt with that? What sort of impact has this had on you and your life and the way that you have just generally speaking interacted with other people? Because um, I, I I wonder if potentially this could be tapping into kind of a, a a low level PTSD, kind of a little T trauma, or maybe even a big T trauma sort of thing um, from these previous interactions. And I'm wondering if perhaps this fear is you know getting getting wrapped up with some of those those old experiences and those old kind of emotional memories that uh, that, that that you've um, that you've experienced now. I'm just guessing with all of that, but it'd be helpful for you to kind of think about, you know, when you get triggered to these thoughts, are some of those memories coming up? Have have you or how have you dealt with some of those experiences in the past and kind of the insecurities that you have um, you have d- developed and built or perhaps have been given? through these experiences. So that that may be something to work with a therapist on if you haven't done that already, because that can be entirely separate from these uh, anxiety uh, issues. They can be related to them. So so I'm not going to address that issue specifically here, um, but uh, I will address some of the more anxiety-based questions here. So, um, so you asked the question, is it normal to have developed a fear of people of the same sex with these thoughts? So I'm, I'm going to assume the core fear with all of this is what if I am gay or what if I will become gay or perhaps it could have been, you know, what, what if I, what if I'm going to become gay because I watched that porn or maybe there was an element of subtle attraction or subtle being turned on by watching it and you go, oh, man, what if I'm now gay because of it or something to that effect, which is a very, very common worry that folks have when watching pornography, when seeing someone of the same sex who is attractive, this this can occur. So to that point, it is very common to develop an avoidance of women 
because of these thoughts. So I don't necessarily know if you have a, a fear of women or if you have a fear of the thought, but the women are representing that fear and are the potential cause or potential trigger or, you know, if you look at these women long enough, you're going to suddenly turn gay or you're going to, it's going to awaken that, 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 that repressed lesbian within you. I don't know. But it's extremely common to develop this avoidance of women. Now, you also said you can't understand why you're afraid. Well, it's, I, I would say it's, it's because your brain has suddenly said that these thoughts and or these women are now dangerous. They are no longer harmless. They are no longer neutral. But instead, they could potentially have or they will have a negative, dangerous and an, an inevitable impact on you. And your brain has gone into fight or flight. It's going to protect itself. It's gone into don't do that because of this perceived outcome that's going to happen in the future. So, Jamie, if you've listened to my HOCD podcast in the past or read anything about it, and I'm, I'm sure sure you have. Uh, well, no, you said you listen to my episode. So there you go. Thanks. Um, so you've heard me talk about how to challenge the legitimacy of these thoughts. Take a look at the meaning of them. Take a look at the feared story and what your brain's telling you about women, more specifically about these specific tasks. So let's say you're going to go on Instagram, you're going to scroll through it. What do you think is going to happen? And talk crazy here. Let's talk crazy. What do you think is going to happen? And that's what we're going to be trying to test out. Now, we're not trying to test it out in a, in a reassurance certainty sort of sense, but we're trying to look at it as, is, is that story that my brain's telling me likely to happen or is it unlikely to happen? Now, possible is not the same as probable. Something could happen, and that's what we're going to be open to. Because we don't know, right? I don't know the future. You don't know the future. Um, Dave doesn't know the future. It's that we don't know. So we're open to that possibility. We have to be open to that possibility. But it's unlikely. And we learn that it's unlikely by doing the task over and over again, taking the risk over and over and over again. And we discover, oh, I can kind of do this. Oh, this actually isn't that bad. It may be uncomfortable, but it's, it's safe. I put that in quotes. It's safe-esque. But it's still potentially dangerous, right? So when you're going to do exposures, we need to remember that it's not that you have the thoughts, nor that you feel anxious about them, but it's going to be about resisting the compulsions in the face of them. So you're going to have to act around women as the average person would, or perhaps um, how you would before all this. In, in other words, not avoiding them, not averting your gaze, not telling yourself that you're straight, not trying to just grab your boyfriend's hand and just kind of conjure up those sexy time thoughts with him just to shove those sexy time thoughts about those women out of your head. It's that having, it's having those thoughts, having that feeling while accepting the existential possibility that you may turn gay. I mean, it's kind of like accepting the existential possibility, existential. I say existential. Existential? It's an X, not egg. Anyways, how do you say existential? Let me know on the Instagram page or the show page of, uh, of this episode. Anyways, it's a separate thing. But like we go for a drive, you and I accept the ex existential fears that we could die in that car wreck. And we do that before we get in, in the car. Now, we don't actively think about it, but it's there. It's the existential possibility. Every day we go to work, it's the existential possibility that the building is going to collapse around us, because it could. I live in the land of earthquakes. We are going to have an earthquake at some point, and one of them is going to be real big, and one of them is going to kill a bunch of people. But you know what? I'm still going to work, and I'm still living in Southern California. And 
wherever you live listener, wherever you live, Jamie, there's going to be an existential threat all around you that you and I have on a daily basis that we're not thinking of. Your job then is to consider your avoidances and to face those avoidances and to not say it's completely safe and nothing bad is ever going to happen. Because, I mean, we can kind of do that when we talk about challenging the fear, doing the alternative thought records and looking at whether or not it's likely to happen, whether or not it's ever happened, how many stories have we heard about, you know, people just automatically turning gay because they watched gay porn that one time. But instead, to move forward with the act and, and accept those feelings and accepting those thoughts. I mean, if you think about your avoidances, if you're avoiding Instagram out of fear that you're going to run across a woman who's so disastrously attractive that you're automatically going to turn gay, I feel like, and let's talk crazy here, I feel like the incredibly anti-gay folks out there um, would be aware of that. Could be because we'd probably be hearing about it. We'd be hearing it on the news from time to time that, you know, yet another woman scrolled through Instagram and turned gay, everybody. So be cautious out there when you're flipping through your Instagrams and... Um, you, you, you know, if you see a woman, avert your gaze as quickly as possible, wash your eyeballs. Um, you know, we'd be talking about it like we are the coronavirus, right? It's, it's that it's not happening. And therefore, avoiding it isn't going to make you less gay. It's not going to make you straighter. It's going to mean nothing. And we illustrate that by facing the fear, by doing it over and over and over again until your brain goes, man, there's nothing to be afraid with this. This is just Instagram. This is stupid. Instagram is stupid. Even though I'm on it, it's stupid. There's a lot of frivolous stuff that we do in life, but we do it anyways because it's fun. All right. So here's your assignment. It's to go online and scroll through Instagram for 10 minutes every day. That's what I'm giving you to do, Jamie. You're going to go online, go to the Instagrams, flip through it, scroll through it for 10 minutes. And here's what I want you to do. Acknowledge the people you see. Guys, girls, cats, dogs, whatever. You're going to acknowledge it. And you're also going to describe it to yourself. Here are the people that I see. Here's what they're wearing. Here's the actions that they're doing. And while you're doing it, and while you, when you become aware of the sexy time thoughts, you're going to describe those. You know what? As I saw this, this girl in her bikini, I thought about what that girl would look like naked. Or I thought about having sex with this woman, or I thought about some um, very explicit uh, sexual act with this person. Wh whatever the thought is, or wh whatever that feeling is that you're getting. Saying, yep, that feeling is there. And for 10 minutes, you're going to do that every day. You're going to say, yep, that thought's there, and it's not my favorite, but yep, it's there. When you do that over and over and over again, you're going to slowly realize that that is not a danger to you. It's going to feel like it's danger to you. You're going to get all that fight or flight feeling in you, and it's, your brain is going to say, get out of here, otherwise disaster is afoot, or disaster is ahead, the bridge is out, whatever, the, whatever your brain's telling you. And you're going to go, maybe... But we're going to keep going and we're going to see because it's not about having certainty that nothing's going to happen. It's about your willingness to face it and see if that thing is going to happen. So, Jamie, that would be my advice to you. And uh, while you are sorry for the long question, I am sorry for the long answer to your uh, very, ultimately very short question. But, uh, Jamie, I hope that helps to all you other listeners out there who are in a similar predicament. I hope this helps you. 
Okay, everybody. Okay, we made it. We made it through that episode. Thank you all so much for listening again. It means the world to me that people are out there listening. Um, it, it really does, it, and it, it, it makes me so excited that, that uh, I get emails periodically with people who have just thanked me for the, the podcast, and, and if any of you have sent me those those emails, I love reading them. It's um, It just affirms why I'm doing this, why you take the time to do this. So, um, But again, if you have questions that you would like me to answer, uh, shoot me an email. Go to fearcastpodcast.com. There's going to be the fi- uh, ask a question link. Um, you can follow that and um, ask me a question there. So we are also, I am also on the cusp of hearing about when or if I'm going to be speaking at the IOCDF conference. I submitted a whole bunch of potential talks this summer and we'll see if any of them get accepted. I'm sure there's going to be a bazillion people who have submitted talks and I'm one of those bazillions. And you know what? I really hope my talks get accepted because I really like doing presentations. I really like talking about OCD and really like helping people. So it just kind of all mixes together. So um, if I'm there, if you're there, um, come up and say hi. High five me or something like that. If coronavirus is crazy and everyone's just dying, if it is the zombie apocalypse, don't high five me. Don't touch me because I'm not going to want to get sick. But if it's not, if it's, you know, DEFCON 4, yeah, high five me. It'll be fine. So... Everybody, uh, uh, please remember that the FearCast podcast is not substitute for psychotherapy. If you have questions about treatment and uh, need a little bit of help and assistance in your own progress, go to fearcastpodcast.com. Find the uh, 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 finding help link. I forget what it's called. Anyways, it's finding help link. Click there. There's going to be a little bit of uh, a couple of links there that may be helpful to you. All right, everyone. Until next time, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye.